For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Good morning, Scott. You know, I missed you last week. I was, in, I was in Savannah, Georgia, but I'm glad I'm back because we have a terrific guest today. I'm really psyched, you know, and uh, I know you're psyched because you know, you know, Dominic Canese uh, for a long time, right? Right. Tell me, tell me about your, uh, your experience with Dominic. Well, I met him back in the late nineties when I was working at BMG and Arista Records and we started working with, uh, placing music on TV shows and we reached out to David Chase's team at the Sopranos and we invited them down to um to a, a showcase I think we had for the Arrhythmics, Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. And Dominic and um I'm trying to think who came. Uh, Dominic Kianese came, Lorraine Bracco, Michael Imperiole, um Big Pussy Bompensero, the actor that played that him and Paulie Walnuts came to this event. And Dominic and I started speaking at the event and quite frankly we pretty much hit it off and that started what is now almost um i want to say 17 or 18 years of a friendship that's incredible but you know what's yes. amazing you talk about the characters on the show like they were real people and i think part of that is because right the sopranos and for the for our listeners uh dominic played uncle junior yes. Corrado soprano you know that show is considered uh you know, probably one of the greatest drama shows of all time uh, on TV. Won tons of Emmys, and you know, but I'm excited to have him on and have our li- listeners uh, get to meet uh, uh, Mr. Canese and uh, an actor and known for a number of roles, which we'll talk about him over the show. But he's also uh, uh, an entertainer, a singer, uh, uh, a musician, yeah. and uh, you recorded and produced one of his albums. Yep, and that's how he got involved with each other was working on music and his. He was really that's his number one passion. So. Watching The Sopranos was like eavesdropping on a neighborhood family. It was like looking at somebody's window and listening to it. Because putting aside the crime element, I mean, it had all of the same strife and conflict and love and loyalties and betrayals. It seemed all natural and real to me. I think that was one of the major attractions. And a character like like Uncle Junior just fit in. It was somebody you felt you knew. Uh, He and... Talk about his character going to a new level towards the, la- the last season when Uncle Junior was, you know, um, adrift with Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, this was a, a an area of the character that Dominic only dreamed of going to. Sure. And has done some amazing things. We should and talk to him ask about him, that. Because I always wondered how de- how demented he really was and how much he's, he the character really knew what was going on. I, you know, <laughs> he's such a good actor. You didn't, you, you didn't couldn't know. Tell. You couldn't tell. He's great. Let's, let's, let's dial him up. Let's and get, dial him up and get him on. I got a million questions for him. And if we're lucky, he may sing us a song. We'll see. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dominic, you're on the phone with Arnie Sherman, my partner in crime, and Great. me. Arnie. Mr. Canese, it's a pleasure. I'm a Bronx boy myself. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> Before you came on, we just talked about having Charlotte Rouches on Buck- Bruckner Boulevard. <laughs> Bruckner? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was my old that was my old neighborhood as a kid growing up. Well, you lived in the Bronx. Yes. What street? I was born uh, I was born on Ho Avenue. It's not even there anymore. Oh, it's there. That's right near the Bronx Park. Yeah, well, that's where I was born. I used to go there. All the Jewish ladies say, "Hello, how are you?" <laughs> Southern Boulevard. Yeah, Ho Yeah, Avenue. Southern Boulevard, exactly. Exactly. Oh gosh. Do you know there used to be a Yiddish theater there? I know. I know that. I I I uh 
I, t- I heard the stories from my parents and my grandparents. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I went in there once as a boy. And when was this? They, let me, they probably thought I was Jewish. They let me in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, everybody was laughing on the stage. They were doing comedy. I think it was one of my first introductions to theater, in a sense. Dominic, give us a little backstory. Tell us where you were born and uh, where you did grow up. I was born like about eight blocks from Hoa Avenue, <laughs> 187th Street. Right. 751 East 187th, right off Southern Boulevard. Hoa Avenue is off Southern Boulevard. That's correct. Wow, that's great, Arnie. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, we Isn't were that something? we were just talking about the old days in the in the old neighborhood, and, and to some to some extent, the characters uh, in a lot you know in the Sopranos and Broadwalk Boulevard were people that were very reminiscent of of people you ran into every day in the old neighborhood. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely, because that's where uh, that's where you had uh, you know the, the generations, the, the sons and daughters of immigrants were growing up. And uh, the guys were, some of the guys had to turn to crime to make money. Right. That kind of thing. A very small percentage, thank God. Right. Only a few of them made it onto The Sopranos. I know that, what, Tony Sirocco had a uh, a criminal record, right? He had rested. I think he was up, when he was a kid, he robbed something, I think. But Tony has a... Tony exaggerates. Well, I, I went. I, I I did my research, and it said he was arrested twenty eight times, and he uh, did time twice. If you can believe well, I that. Wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> he, he, uh, he was. I wouldn't in, know. He's from Brooklyn. That's right. That's a totally different background. Yeah. Totally different background. So Dominic grew up in the Bronx. Okay. Right. Now his yes, par- his parents. Now they came. They were also were they uh, first generation Dominic or. Uh, my parents, yeah, first generation. Yeah, they were born here in New York. That's right. Uh, and your, yeah, fa- my your grandpa f- came here in 1904. That, that, that's when my grandfather, well, they, their family came in 1904 from Russia. Yeah, that's a big demigrant. There were two million, uh, two million Italians and, and two million Jews came in those, those years. Yeah. Maybe 1898 to two, 19, you know, 1908. Yeah. Tremendous amount of immigration at that point. They, they came together about the same time. So what did your father do for work? My father was a master bricklayer. Did he, he try? Very did he try to get you? A master craftsman. Did he try to get you into the uh, into that? He was. Were you? He did. Yeah, I did that too for wow. a few years. Oh yeah. Dominic, that's right. When you start, when did you? When you first, uh, your first job was doing that, right? Or. Um, you didn't get to the theater in, until a little later, right? Uh, no, I went to the theater uh, when I was 21. Okay. I went down to the village, yeah. Uh, I did, well, it was before, yeah, I started doing bricklaying when I was 18. I went into the Marine Reserves on the summertime, and then I came home, and I went to see my father. I worked with my father for a couple of years. Uh, then I got into showbiz. And, of course, I worked with him again later because, you know, early show business, there wasn't much work. Right. But I, but I learned I learned uh, how to act with the Gilbert and Sullivan American Savoyards Company in 1952. Okay. I got a contract to work with them as a chorus singer. That was my first professional job. But from 1950 to 1960, I did a lot of bricklaying and a lot of, uh, you know, and, and what what did your family think about you getting into the entertainment world? My mother never said anything. I could have been a, I could have been a, anything. My mother would have been. She never criticized. My father wanted me to be a school teacher. Right. Uh, he thought I was, and he was right. I found <laughs> out now. In my, I'm in my eighties. I found out he's why I love teaching more than anything. <laughs> well, that's but Isn't that remarkable. Didn't yes. you? Didn't you teach for a while there? Or, um, and that's how you met your first wife, right? Uh, Correct me. Tell me the oh, story. No, we, I met I met Merrill in Brooklyn College. Okay. Uh, she was my first legitimate wife. The other, I had a couple of annulments before that. <laughs> we don't want to. If you want to get into marriages, we're going to be here all night. No, 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 no. No, we won't get into. I that. want to talk about. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. I love. No, I met I met Merrill at, at Brooklyn College. I was I was uh, thirty years old. Uh, no, I was twenty nine. She was like twenty. You know, but at Brooklyn College, it was very important for my my acting career. Right. And Did why is that? Because I had the great teachers. They had Wilson Lair and Bernie Barrow, ah. great teachers, and they we, and they put me in plays. And I learned what I learned that I had a lot to learn. You know. 
Right? Sure. And, so what was what were you, what do you consider your big break? Was it was it at Oliver in '65? Was that something? He was actually so he started acting in 1951, right? And right, doing Gilbert and Sullivan in the Village. 52. 52. 52. So he, ten years doing that, and then you get into the so then you get into the '60s, right? And when you were in the '60s, well, the '60s when I learned, I went, I moved, I was living down the village, right. Uh, I had married Merle, I got married to Merle, but I was going to uh, acting HB Studios. And in 1963, I learned uh, a breakthrough in acting. Of course, of Walt Whitcover, one of the teachers that taught me that. You know, I knew how to do comedy, I knew how to do music, but I didn't know how to do the dramatic stuff. I, I was blocked emotionally. Huh. And so in 63, I learned to unblock. Who was the teacher that? Unblock. Who was this teacher that brought this out? Walt Whitcover. He just died two years ago. Sure. Walt, okay. He has a book out called Living on Stage. Wow. Whitcover. W-I-T-C-O, V for Victor, E-R. Walt Whitcover. Good for brilliant, our listeners to, teacher. To, to read that. But And so, Dom, you were based... So then, that's in the mid-60s, and then um, you were doing... Uh, at the HB Studios, and then you started to do some television. Isn't that right? Like in the in the latter no, part I, of the yeah, 60s? my first acting job was 63. George C. Scott, who, who, uh, because I knew him from working in a bank with him, got me on his uh, CBS show, East Side, West Side. Right, I remember that show. Yeah, it was, it was actually a, one episode, and I didn't even have any lines, but it was an important part, though. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I was like a sleazy kind of guy who was who was trying to make out with Louise Troy. <laughs> and it also was, uh, uh, what's her name? First job, too. Famous black actress now. Cicely Tyson was her first job, too. Wow. It was 1963. Thanks to George, he got me on his show. Well, that so that sort of gave me a little bit. You know, but then I went into, uh, in the 60s, I, I uh, did some uh, off-Broadway, a lot of stuff, off-Broadway and stuff. Right. But 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 it wasn't it wasn't until you were in your forties until you get cast as Johnny Ola in Godfather Two. Right? Oh yeah, I was forty forty two when I was cast. Yeah. How how did that happen? How did you get cast in that role? I mean, it was a small role, but it was such an important pivotal role in the plot yeah, line probably, of that movie. Yeah, probably because I was hanging around with an actor's studio. I wasn't a member, but I was hanging around there, uh, and I knew Al. Somebody must have somebody must have said something, and and some some. Uh, Casting agent said they're doing Godfather. Uh, I didn't know what the heck it was. I thought it was a musical. I, mean, I wasn't sure what the other one. <laughs> so I went to the Paramount and I met Francis Coppola. And uh, I was I had the right look. I was the right age. I was Italian. He asked me a lot of questions and then he didn't use me. But he wanted me to. to, to, to this is the first one, Godfather. Yeah, one. Godfather right. one. But meanwhile, I had gotten a job as a jury member up in Boston. In, in a play called Scratch that was going to go to Broadway. It, it did go to Broadway for a little bit. So I was in a Broadway play, and I had never done movies. And so when they asked me to come back to New York to read for, uh, again, I I didn't have the money, and I didn't go, you know. Wow. They so weren't going to send a limousine for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the you know beauty of this. Right. The but he remembered me. Can't he? Thank God he remembered me. So, so when he did Godfather 2, he called me, and he told me that he wanted me to use me. He didn't tell me which role. It was probably either the Abe Pagoda role or God Bless His Soul. Yes. He just right. died, Abe. Or maybe uh, um, it, it was one of the bad guys. Right. But I see. But I, when Johnny Ola came along, he called me. Such a such yeah. a great uh, pivotal piece of that saga. Well, what's interesting? So it's so Dominic gets that role right. in The Godfather. That's a that's a huge break in the movies. But the whole while, music. Is always part of his life, right, Dominic? Always. From the early always, days. Yeah, because in the sixties, I got a job. Uh, my marriage didn't work out, and uh, I'd gotten a job at uh, at Folk City. Thirties. Uh, we just did a Folk City exhibit at the Museum of the City of New York, and uh, I'm involved with that. And they, so I started learning about. I started emceeing. Right. I got a job. Mike Porco gave me a job as the MC, and uh, that helped that helped me survive, and it kept me. Uh, it kept me in the loop, so to speak, you know. Sure. I, I, I picked up the guitar, learned how to, and I've always wanted to, to sing anyway, you know. So it kept me going. And then the next big thing after that in, in, uh, was uh, Godfather. And after Godfather, things started. I, I came back to New York and things things went downhill <laughs> for, for about 
Mm. Three three years, horrible years. My second marriage broke up, as I say. And right. then I, I got invited to the O'Neill Conference, where playwrights and actors get together every summer. And that, that, that saved my life. 1978, I went up there. Right. So that, that helped me, too, because that gave me a chance to work with the best actors around and with scripts, and I learned about character and... But but Dog Day Afternoon Moon was in seventy five, right? That was uh, or yeah, seventy four. The Godfather. That's when right. I came back. I didn't, but if, if you know, if I had to do it over again, I probably would have uh, gotten a good agent or something, you know. But uh, I had a, I had a very good agent, Jeff Hunter. He was a great agent. Right. Jeff, I think, just finally retiring from. Uh, but uh, no, then but I, I was really into a lot of things. And, uh, so you were in two movies. I'm curious. You were in, in Godfather 2. You had a pivotal role that was related to Fredo, and that was John Cassale. In in yes. Dog Day Afternoon, you played uh, Al Pacino's father, right? Uh, Sonny's father. Yeah, well, Al, yeah, Al, Al got me. Al was very big in my life because he got me to meet Sidney Lumet. Sidney took one look at me, and uh, he, I, I looked older then than I do now. And he could <laughs> play Al's father. Yeah, and he, he had this wonderful line in the show. That said, uh, why rob a bank when you got a sucker for a mother? Right. You know. <laughs> and, and but uh, but John Cassell was in that. Did you get? He he's always was an interesting uh, actor to me. He had a very short career, obviously, you know, because he passed away too young. But but what kind of you know, as you interacted or saw him perform, what what, what kind of vibes did he set off? He looked to me to be a very intense guy. Uh, I didn't have any scenes with. Uh, uh, believe it or not, even though we were <laughs> related character-wise, right. I never had any scenes with Johnny. But Johnny came up to me one time. He was walking with Meryl Streep in the village, and he introduced her. I said, hello. She was at Yale or something. And he said, Israel Harvest wants to talk to you. He wants you to do something. Uh, I said, well, why don't you do it? He said, I, well, I don't... I, I, he said, I'm... Uh, uh, he said, I, I can't do it. He didn't tell me that he was sick. Uh-huh. He, but he was... A caring person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed to be intense, but you know, we were all in, we were all tense in those days. Well, obviously, I mean, you did what four films with Pacino? I mean, you did those two. You were uh, you were uh, in uh, well, Looking for Richard, right? That was one of the other ones that you did with him. Well, that was later on. It right, was later on. That was a film thing. But I'm talking about the stage. Working with Israel Horvitz in right. the trilogy at the studio was really big mm-hmm. in my life because it gave me a chance to prove that I could act. You know, to myself and to others and. Uh, that that was uh, was it more that was important. Was it more was it more rewarding to be on the stage and, and having the live audience than doing the movie and yes, TV? Always, yeah. always, still is today too. Always. And that's your first. Is that your first love, Dominic? Is the theater? Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't do films until after after good twenty one twenty two years in theater. You know, right. so Godfather was my first film. Was, I had no idea how to do a film. I didn't. I didn't understand the craft or anything like that. I learned on Godfather. In fact, he had to do a big scene once because I didn't know how to answer the cues. When you started doing television, let's say in in the 60s, did anyone encourage you to go out west, to go out to Los Angeles? Or was it... uh, A lot of actors actors went there. They told me about it, but I didn't know how to drive, so I didn't go. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, I never drove until I was 51 years old, until the 80s. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, a lot of... Besides, I didn't really want to go because, I, you know, I had my kids. I had, by that time, in the 80s, I already had, you know, five right. children. I've got a great story about Dom, with Dominic. He and I were one time driving down to Philadelphia to see um, uh, a concert. Uh, um, what is it? Um, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That yeah. whole concert series. And I picked him up in Newark because I live near Newark. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. Remember that, Dominic? I picked Dominic yeah, yeah. up in Newark. <laughs> And um, you had your brother's car. Yeah, I had my brother's car, and I, I was double parked. And a cop came up to my car. And, Not a cop, a state trooper. Oh, it was a state trooper, and he said, "Hey, yeah. he he was going to give me a ticket." Right. I looked at the state trooper. I said, "Look who's sitting next to me," and it was the height of the Sopranos. Right. And then he looks over. He goes, "Uncle Junior." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Safe. No, he was going to take the car away because <laughs> yeah. you didn't have. 
You didn't have the onus. You oh, didn't my have the, God. You're right. I blocked that out. Yeah. Well, of yeah, course you, were, of course you, were gonna, you would. were going to take the car away. That's when I, I said, uh, that's when I nudged you. I said, let him take a look at me. <laughs> and then he looked in, and he, and he changes he changes the meaning altogether. Yeah. It's right. true. He did. We gave him an autographed picture. We had one in the uh, car. So now that we're talking <laughs> about Soprano. So Soprano, arguably, in, in my opinion, in, uh, in addition, the greatest drama show that was ever appeared on television. How did David I Chase? So, yeah. How did it's David great, Chase? Great writing. How did David Chase find you, and how did that? How did that happen? Uh, well, I guess it was I had done Gotti for HBO before that, and I don't know who cast Gotti, but uh, uh, was that the one with Armand Asante as Gotti? Yes, yeah, yes, I yes. Saw, yeah. In fact, I'm Armand. I owe it to Armand, really, right. because he got me into the show. Because the 24-year-old casting agent, who's a big casting agent, now said, Dominic doesn't look like a crook. You know, he doesn't look like a gangster, she said. <laughs> That's what they told my agent. And that pissed me off. And I said, who? I was a conciliary first. I wasn't a hitman. But, you know, it, it's such a cliche. So I said to uh, Armand, I said, Armand, you got to get me into the show. He said, what do you mean? Uh, of course you're going to get in. You're, you're terrific for this part, the conciliary. I said, yeah, but they, they said, she said I wasn't, he, so he used his influence and I got in. Oh, that's great. So through the Gotti, I think, uh, uh, maybe that's where we're G Georgiana uh, uh, and, uh, right. and, and uh, Sheila, you know, where they cast you. The casting people, yeah. They were. Walker, Georgiana Walker. Jo yeah, these, this is Christopher Walken's right. Right, Wait. sure. Yeah, they were. Georgiana Walken, she's a very good casting agent. And I already had the record of being on theater, and I was the right age, the whole bit, you know. When? And when? I read for. Uh, I just went in and I auditioned. And uh, I did the front, I got a call back. And, uh, and I thought that I was. I thought that. David Chase was crazy. <laughs> Why? When Why? I read the audition scene, I said, this guy's nuts. I'm telling my sister-in-law that we're going to kill her son, my nephew. I said, right. Italians don't do that. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I said, this must be Greek drama. <clears throat> well, it, there was. Sure enough, it was. It was. <laughs> it was. I mean, to me... Yeah. To me, more than Greek drama, it was very Shakespearean. How the over the years, oh, how the character yeah, he deals with the heavy stuff, you know, very heavy stuff. I have a funny story about that. Tell us. I was going to uh, Rayo's one time to get. I was invited to uh, to, my, uh, to I don't know. I was invited to sing. I think with, with Frankie Pellegrino, who was on, who played uh, one of the FBI guy. Yes. Yeah. I said, "Dom, bring the guitar. We'll sing some Monday night." So I'm going there. And as I was passing these four uh, Italian ladies sitting on 114th Street, one of them spots me. She goes, and she yells out, you, why did you shoot your nephew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I said to her, well, was I in my right mind when I shot him? She says, no. And I said, well, there's your answer. <laughs> Sometimes you really, it was a great moment. One of those great moments. Did you know? Did you know the first season when you were, you know, acting with Nancy Marchant and and the rest of it? Did you know that this was going to be, you know, what it turned out to be the greatest drama in, in TV history? Well, we heard from David Chase that like all the critics loved it, right? Right. Uh, and uh, you know, and then then we realized, yeah, then we know we didn't know as we shot it though, when we were shooting it. But by the time we did the the, the fifth episode of the first season, right. we knew, we knew. The well, critics went nuts. Right, you had unbelievable chemistry with the other characters, particularly with, uh, you know, Nancy. yes, Nancy, and, but also yeah, in Nancy. the in the scenes with James Gandolfini and Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy and I hit it off right. I had done a movie with him, but not he, I wasn't acting with him. But we had done a movie with uh, uh, Sidney Lumet's movie uh, Night Falls in Manhattan. Right, sure. I played a judge. Jimmy played a cop, and uh, it's the first time we knew each other, but. But when David Chase said, this is the man playing your your uncle, he was very happy, and I was very happy. You know, we hit it off right away. I mean, he was sort of an odd person to cast in the lead on a, you know, on a on an HBO drama show that, you know, he was, he was sort of an yeah. unknown in a way to the public. Well, according to what I, I learned, Jimmy Jimmy didn't want to do it. He thought he wasn't a leading man type, of, but he's perfect, you know. He was, he was perfect. So right for, I mean, he had, even had what I call the aesthetic weight which I learned in uh, Brooklyn College, that you can be great for a role, but if somebody can also can do it and like weigh 300 pounds more than you, it's an aesthetic weight that's on the stage, you know, depending right. on the character. And look how big he is, you know, because there are other actors who are read for it that could act like uh, uh, just about as good as Jimmy, but Jimmy was also a big guy. Right, right. 
and had sensitivity. I mean, he, he had it all. Was, was he like that off? I mean, he was, you know, volatile and, you know, laugh one scene, you know, and put you up against the wall and, you know, in the neck, in, you know, a second later. What was he like off camera? On set? Yeah, on set. Yeah, exactly. He could, he, he, he was like a regular guy. I mean, he's mm. like, a, you know, he, he, he could do that, make you laugh. He would laugh at sometimes the things that Uncle Junior, they put him like, they put a mask on me, he would start laughing. <laughs> he, 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 he kidded around, you know. Uh, but he always, he always you know, came through when it came to the scene. It, was, it wasn't even like acting, working with him and with Nancy. I mean, she was so natural with me. We were so, you were we so, just loved each other. You were you know? so bad. Try, we never scheming, had a bad word to each other. Scheming to kill your nephew. Well, let me, <laughs> hey, Dominic, so it's so interesting. So Edie Falco, too, right? I mean, just somebody who literally is embodies the character you guys were so i mean that's what was so famous about the show is that they embodied these characters in such yeah. a way that well, david chase yeah. david chase had to mix, mix people up that you know that had acted that you know that right movie. and then he brought people on like uh you know van zandt you know who had who hadn't performed and never acted before to play right, the, but play. it works it works it, it works. all works it works if if, if the person does to do what they want to do you know it it, it it's stereotypical stuff, you know, but but it worked. I mean, it almost worked. every single character. They even had Frankie Valley was a character on the yeah. show. I mean, yeah. they're not going to give Valley yeah. a, a long monologue. You know what I mean? You know what I'm right. saying? But Jimmy and, and Nancy and Edie and, and Michael and Pel and Pel yeah, they carried the show. Yeah. They carried the show. Well, I don't think you should. I think some would say that you carried the show. Yeah, I mean, you that were pivotal. Is you, you Dominic, remember a comic we, relief, I think. Uh, no, but we used to no, always... No, 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 no. I had no, all no. the good lines. Yeah, we, you had the good lines, but you always were, were waiting to see what you were going to do. Yeah, well, yeah, because he was... Uh, he always wanted to be the cop. Well, my favorite scene was when Jimmy <laughs> tells me, you're going to be made, you know. You're going to be the captain. Right. That was... A, that was because Jimmy even said to me, oh, I, I remember don't know that. if it's going to work, but the scene worked beautifully. Well, there was I was a, surprised when I saw it. Well, there was a scene at the funeral where you're sitting there and then Jimmy's over on the side saying to the other guys, he, we're going to make him the capo, but I'm really going to run everything, right? You know? That's right, yeah. Well, because... Uh, the pride yeah, he had, I trusted though. him. Yeah, I yeah. trusted him. Right. That's why I wanted to kill him, because I trusted him and he turned, you know. Yes. He turned on you. And, but, you know, his yeah. Dominic's characters in, all, in so many of his roles, he's always played a pivotal role. Yeah, totally. It was always that character. We used to always we used to talk about that and say, yeah. Dominic... You're the pivotal guy, right? In all of this, I mean, you, you're acting. You know, and I'm not saying this to you know to flatter you, but I'm just telling you because it's true. Your acting was so good that that it was hard to tell whether you were as a character were faking it or not. In the last scene, yeah. the last show where you're in the nursing home, and yeah. he's trying to get the stash from you. Yeah, I couldn't tell whether you. Tell. I couldn't tell whether you knew what he was saying and was try, and were trying to deflect right. it, or you really were suffering. Well, yeah, he so. wrote, that's how he wrote the script. He, David wanted the, the people to keep guessing. But by the end, he lost it. By the, by the end, he was completely gone. Yeah. He really didn't remember. I know, but I, well, the, the, the one t t t you know, telltale giveaway was when he said, you know, you, you and, and, you know, you and my father ran no, you know, North Jersey, and you said, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, he's gone by that time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he had a great sense of humor. Yeah, so David has a great sense of humor. Your Uncle Junior for six seasons. I mean, that gives you a lot of hours, you know, to develop a character. Was there was there a an inspiration for Uncle Junior's character for you? Was it modeled after somebody, or did it just you know develop over, came, over time? I think it came because I, I think I used my own roots of the Bronx. Uh, I must have used my my father's and my uncle, my father and my uncle, because they they had that that Bronx thing where uh, that, that that practical attitude toward life, where you know everything was important, your food, you know all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, he, uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna argue. It's what street smart that kind of thing. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, and I, no, that that helped me because I. And, uh, and my father always had, they all, they were very good at throwing wisecracks too, you know. Right. You know. And uh, being, being in the sons of, of immigrants and first generation, there was a very deep, dark, uh, slow burning anger underneath it all because they couldn't get where they wanted to go. My father could have been an architect, but he, you know, he had to go to work when he was 15. It, there was something there that I, that always, inf uh, that informed, the relationships, you know, 
but they were they were but they were good family men. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Junior, you know, he, even though he never married, he was he he believed in the in that local that neighborhood thing. He believed in that. Sure, that and you, Dominic, how did how did they work music into with your character into the into the show? How did that come about? Uh, I think David. Oh yeah, it came about because I was uh, at Lorraine Bracco's house one time. They had a party. I think in the second season it was, and her father was Italian. I was singing Neapolitan songs to him with my guitar on a, on a quiet place at Lorena. And David came over to me and said, what is that song you're singing? I said, it's called Coringrado. He said, what does that line mean? Tu non pensas tu doloro mio. I said, it means uh, that you're not thinking about my pain. He said, oh, that's interesting. A year later, a year later, he put it into the script. Amazing. That's really amazing. Which is amazing because he was smart. He realized... Well, David and I always had a, a thing about the because I knew more about the Italian culture uh, because I, you know, I'm right. twenty years older than him. The characters singing in the in the third season, right? It was the finale of the third season in the restaurant. Forget. Yeah, in the restaurant where you. Uh, yeah, when they asked me to sing a song and I don't want to, then I. Uh, it was a funeral, actually. Yeah. That's right. It's after David's the funeral. Sense of dark humor that really shows you that because in real life. The, the, old, the grandfathers and the old timers would sing at weddings. Right. You would right. never sing at a funeral, you know? Right. So David's sense of humor, so he has Uncle Junior with a couple of glasses of wine, and then uh, and then Vinnie Cruatolo, Johnny Sachs' wife, said, come on, sing, sing. And I said, I don't want to sing. Yeah, you know, yeah. grumpy old bastard that he was. Right. But then he, he, he gets up and he sings, oh, I'll sing, you know. And he sings Cordon Grada, which... Kind of closer the season, and Jimmy, Jimmy, realized, you know, it's like Jimmy's uh, predicament. They're, the kids right. are ungrateful. They, they, she, he has a fight with his daughter. Right. You know, it's, the idea was ungrateful heart. That's the name of the song. Right, and the kids are ungrateful, both of them. They're AJ and the, and, you know, they're ungrateful for what the father's trying to do. Right. right. So that's that's. I mean, that's the metaphor. That's the that's the theme of the show. And, uh, well, what was, was what was always great about the show is it would be interesting, even if it wasn't about a crime family and the, and the mob. The yeah, adi- that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's oh, just about yeah. It's about the human. It's just, it always right. played the two families together. The, the, you know, the legit normal family and the crime family. You know. Right. Yeah. So you yeah, since which, the, is, which is very interesting. I thought that was brilliant. It was. It was completely brilliant. So you've. How do you pick what you do now? I mean, you've had some. You were on The Good Wife. You played the judge on that for a few episodes. How do you How do you pick what you what you do now? No, I'll, I'll take almost anything that I like. You know, uh, I get scripts from people, and, and but they they want me to do plays. But I can tell when if it's good or not. If it's a real character, there. Now I'm waiting. I'm still like the beginning. I'm waiting for somebody to say, "You've got to hit a good part, Dominic." You know, <laughs> but I don't. I don't get the office. You know, people said I should have got heavier agents. So, but, uh, I don't change. I don't change. No. Dominic, you know what I love about Dominic, though, is when after season three of The Sopranos and the music really starts to develop, and this is one of yeah. his first passions, and from there, we end up, we all started banding together. My brother, Dominic, oh, yeah. uh, his whole crew of musicians that he's played with over the years. And yeah, we all, still doing it, and he's still doing right. it. Right. Well, it was yeah. one of the again. It was one of the early shows that really music was integral to the plot. Well, in every show. Well, the show is a the show set set milestone. You know, set the 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 what's the word the um the bar the precedent the precedent for music integration of music into the program. Amazing casting, great writing. That's why this whole thing, this ensemble, right. Went so far, and this show became you know what it is, which is probably the best TV show of all time. There's no question about but it. But Dominic, back to the music thing. So that that being your true passion, or one of your one of your first passions, you really started to uh, you started to play out more, and you put your band together. But correct me if I'm wrong. You still will go to um, nursing homes, and you'll play oh, yeah. for the for the. For the residents, on yeah, a, well, I started a foundation. Where I'm the president of it because now I'm teaching, and my father was right. I'm a teacher, so now I go around teaching people how to, how to go into a nursing home and uh, and entertain the people, put them in a room, create a theater, bring the theater to them. 
you know. Beautiful. Because that's exactly what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to raise money for that. And I'm going to be, I want to proliferate every state with, with somebody with a guitar or ukulele who can be portable and do what I do. It's hard to find the right kind of people because uh, it's, not, it's not that simple. It looks easy, but it isn't. You've, it's, there's a technique to it, and there's a, I call it the Zeranti method because you got everybody has to get into the act, you know. Sure, but you've been. Uh, this is my passion now, and I concentrate that. I think I found a donor. Uh, oh, good. We, we're working now to, to get you know money every year so that I can teach teach that. That's important. What's the name of the foundation? Joy through art. Foundation. Joy, joy through, through art. You're bringing them joy through the art of uh, theater and uh, music. Beautiful. And you. Um, and how can people get in touch with you um, if they want to contribute or uh, learn Everybody more? wants to contribute and call me at home. I, you know, <laughs> they call me at home. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've given up on the on the uh, my laptop. My wife has her own laptop. Right. Uh, it takes too much time out of my life. The, uh, it's very addictive, so I shut it about a, two months ago. I gave him his and first laptop. And I will never laptop. go back to it. My <laughs> wife doesn't know that yet, so I'm going to talk very short. Remember I gave you but, your first laptop in the late in the late 90s from uh, BMG? You had, yes. Remember that? <laughs> and he was like, he was going on AOL. Right. He had an AOL, AOL account. Wow. He had an AOL. No, I don't have an email anymore. You if don't? they want to get in touch with me, they can call me at home and I'll give them, tell them where to send a check. All right, right, tell us the address, first of all. So Joy Through Art Foundation. Joy Through Art. It's on 1441 Broadway Suite, number 3090. New, New York, York, New York, 10018. Joy Through Art Foundation, Incorporated. And if they want to talk to me and tell me that they sent a check, I'd be happy to give them my home number, the one you're just calling now. Okay. I don't care. I'll give you. But don't that's care. That's how they can do it. I, we, also have a, we also have a website, but... Uh, what is that, if Dominic? They put my name Doc- in and say DominicKinese.net, they'll find out. Yeah. We have a nice website. New York one just did a whole story on us. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. So, it. so, so we're going to, eventually it's going to happen. We're going to get some big donor and it's going to be annual. And, you know, I'll be teaching things and uh, it's going to be my legacy, Scott. But you, I, know, I know it will be, but I want the audience to know you've been playing the uh, nursing homes for how many years? You started oh, that when? Oh, since 82. Thirty over thirty years. Wow. Thirty and every yeah. week he does it every week, and then every every and what is it every Wednesday morning you have a uh, you go to the deli and you do a uh, concert oh, wait, at the grocery store. Yeah, uh, every Friday morning. Okay. Every Friday morning for years now. It's about seven years we've been doing it. And uh, but I go to the I go to the nursing home myself. That's how I develop my technique of how I'm going to teach other people. You know. Sure. I go to Mary Manning Walsh every Sunday f- for two hours. We are, I'm, I'm trying to find people who can do it. Right. They do it the right way. They have, you know, uh, uh, we're going to start in New York and then it's going to spread. We just need the money. Well, you know what? Your next state will be Montana. Yes. Okay. And listen. Yeah, I'd come out there because uh, we can find We're going to invite you out here. But we, if, if somebody makes some, it, it's, it's, a, it's a, let me say this, fella. It's a pure charity. It's got nothing to do with business. Right. right. Every every dollar we get goes right to the performer. Right. It's, and I'm going to keep it that way. That's what it's all That's about. Good. It's pure. So you yeah, have you, you it's have charity. A... It's not a business. It's it's a public charity. Good. And, that's uh, really good. But look at all the people I'm going to put to work. That's true. That's a, that's that's, a, that's really a big thing. Working musicians. Right. So you have a birthday coming up next. He does? Yes, he has a birthday coming up. Oh. Exactly that... in uh, eight days. I'll and be eighty-five. Eighty-five. So. What's your plan for? Do you, is this what your plan is? This foundation is what you're going to commit yourself to. Is this, is oh, this yeah, what you enjoy doing the most at this point in your life? Yes, at this point in my life, I'm doing that. Yeah, I mean, I'll never give up acting or, or singing. I enjoy that, but, but this point in my life, this is going to this is going to be it. But still, if Steven Spielberg calls me, I'm going to have a great part for you. I'm going to, you know, I can still do it. You, of course, you, you can. Know. I mean, Eli yeah. Wallach. You know, did it to what? I was almost 100 years old, practically. And so did yeah, George, I, you know, George Burns. you got a long career ahead of you. I think so. So let me ask you this. Anyway. Of all the people you work with, is there an actor that stands out the most that you really enjoyed working with, that you thought this guy or this woman was, you know, wow, you know, a wow, a wow experience? Well, Pacino. Pacino, number one. John Lithgow, Pacino, Raul Julia, right. who's gone. Right. All great actors. But they're all great actors. And George C. Scott, 
George nodded his head in 62 when I did on the second take I nailed the character because he has to come into the room it looks kind of you know like you know it looks at George and and I remember that that little that little bit and George looked at me and said hey you know later I said thank you he said let's do it again but of course I never saw him again after that I, wow. I wasn't you know he went to Hollywood became a major major star I mean, people don't realize, I remember seeing Al Pacino in the Circle in the Square Theater and down the village doing American Buffalo live. Yeah. And that was so riveting to see. Oh, he's the... riveting. He's, I did a play with Al, just him and I, two-character play called Chinese Coffee. One of the highlights of my life. I was, Pacino is, is, is an incredible actor. Very gifted. Incredible. Oh. We had to rehearse only four hours a day because it was so intense, you know? Sure. You know, and it's also a little anecdote, but not even a little anecdote. All of Dominic's friends, who are his fellow acting friends, always supported him in his music. And these guys always supported each other in their endeavors. So right. Dominic, yes. right, Dominic? Like, he would be playing. Yes, yes always. We'd go on tour with Richard III. I used to take the guitar, and after the show, I'd get everybody to sing. That was always been a talent of mine, to get everybody to sing. Well, that's good. That's you know, with the guitar. Good. And, that's, and that's, that, that turned into joy through art, too. That's but that changed my life. It makes you happy. When you make people happy through music, you become happy. And to me, that's a passion. That's a gift. Well, anyone but I was wants... taught that as a child. Well, anyone... Don't forget, fellas, I was the first grandson in a big Italian family. Yeah. Right. I was a prince. I could do no wrong. Right. Well, you know the first I mean? one can be that way. The first one can be very, very, uh, he, he thinks that he, he has a great sense of confidence and, and he, you know, it makes you, uh, what's the word, uh, persistent. Right. That you don't give up easy. Right. Is there is there a part in your career you wish you would have gotten that you thought you could have nailed that you didn't get for some reason? Yeah, Don Quixote. I would love to have played Don Quixote. I can see that. I can see that yeah. with a great role. I even look like Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get younger looking all the time, so you can, maybe you can, yeah. you can come back yeah. and do that. <laughs> well, I'd like to do Fagin again. That's a good uh, role. That's yeah, what you did. Do, that's what you did in Oliver, right? You played that role in Oliver. You played that what? role. You played that role in Oliver. Yeah, I played that uh, not on Broadway. I did it on a tour, uh, and then I did it at Summer Stock. I went on for Robin. Who I'm going to see, by the way, he's coming to, into New York. I'm going to see him after all these years. He's coming, and we're going to hang out. Robin Ramsey played uh, Fagan. He was like 27 years old. Wonderful. He was great. Wow. Now he's 78, I think. So we're going to get together after all these years. Well, that'll be good. Down the yeah, he's, he's <laughs> come from Sydney, Australia. He's coming into town. I can't wait to meet him. Do, do I want you know? Look. I still do the song from Oliver. <laughs> you, wait, when you perform. Yeah. Right, reviewing the situation. Yeah. Yes, I know that song. It's a good song. But he also, so Dominic also has a has a great way, a great ear for Yiddish theater and music, and he can do a mean Hava Nagila. Well, you're, you're the youngest guy that's going to be 85 that I've ever talked to. He's incredible. You. You're yeah. unbelievable. I'm young, yeah, I'm young. Hey, I'm young in spirit, child. young in heart. He, I want to tell you one thing. We took him once to uh, Graceland to play at, at Graceland. Because he was a you know a fan of pop music and country music growing up. Yeah, I sang at the Grand Ole Opry, and well, he sang at the Grand. That's fantastic. He, country music yeah. is his thing, Dominic. You know what? When you we're going to get, we have to come out here, and you'll do it on. I know. I want to get on the radio. You're kidding. Radio is my thing. My father spent eighty hard-earned Brooklyn-laying dollars in in, one, in 19 yes. 40, 40, 43. I was twelve years old. I, or 14, or it must have been 45. You know, because somebody on Broadway said, did your son want to be on the radio? <laughs> my father, and so I went down, my father, and, you know, and it was a scam, really, basically. It didn't work out. But I've always said, someday I want to get back on the radio and dedicate this to my father. So I called up somebody at Sirius Radio, and they, they think I just want to be on the show. No, I would love to do radio. Right. You'd be perfect yeah, for I really it. would. He really would. He should have his own show, show right. and he could do a two-hour show where he actually curates music that he grew up with, right. and that he loves, and even new music that he loves. Right. One question, though: so he, so country musicians love him. Everyone right. knows him, right? So when right. he used to go down to Nashville, they all knew him from the Sopranos. Right. So where yeah. are you? Where are you performing next? So people can go see you live, sing, and perform. Well, I'm going to be at the Friars Club March first. We're doing a little show there. Great. At the That's Friars, terrific. a bunch of Friars. I'm writing it up and. Doing a show, doing stuff, doing some singing, 
and teaching and coaching some of the younger actors. Dominic, it's, I'm keeping busy, fellas. That's a secret. He's keeping busy. very busy. Dominic uh, introduced me to Abe Vigoda when I used to go with him to have lunch at the Friars. And Abe Vigoda, yeah, what a sweetheart. What? How old? Was, he was 94, right? right? He just turned. He would have been 95. Uh, he's. But we had the same birthday, February 24th. Wow. Yeah. Two great characters, Tessio and Fish. Yeah, the fish. Yeah. Dominic, we're going. I'm going to Florida tomorrow to see my dad. He's 89. It's his Where birthday. Where is he? What part? Boca. <laughs> He's in Boca. And I may be going down to Miami to, for this uh, for this donor to make. We may be to have a big benefit down there to make some money for the thing. Really good. And how's he feeling, Pop? He's doing good. He's his hearing is not as good. Him. He's gonna. He'll live. He'll. He's a tough guy, your father. I know, but you know, when you go down there, thank you. When you go down there, uh, let me know and let Danny know. Danny's my brother. Well, I know so you're I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll know. We're I may go to Miami, yeah, because uh, we're going to do a benefit this year. I know that. You know what? My they're mom. Gonna get a lot of, they're going to raise some money for me. This guy's in the hotel business, and he's going to raise some money for Joy Through Art. So everything is happening right. Well, good. This has been a this has been such a wonderful conversation. I feel yeah. like no, you know, I, we caught up. Yeah, it's like to Montana. If, you, if they'll, uh, if the station has enough money to pay for my way, I'll come out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you. No, that's what we're going to no, figure I mean, out. We'll get you the, here. Uh, transportation. Yeah, put me up for a couple of years. I'd love to come out there and maybe, you know, how, you know how country music started. Country music started in 1927 because of the radio. You know, of course, right? I used to listen to it with my father when back in when I was a child. Lying on the floor listening to WSM coming from Chicago or someplace. Yeah, AM. You know. Right, AM radio. So, so I'll, come, I'll come on as Uncle Junior, the, the, you know, the cowboy singer. <laughs> Dominic, we'll, def, we'll get you out of here. I talked to Danny. The Bronx kid, Arnie. The I, Bronx Arnie, kid. Let's, let's do it for the Bronx. You and I can do it together for the Bronx. For the Bronx bombers. <laughs> yeah, you sing, Arnie? And not really. <laughs> but you know what? You love Arnie because Arnie, and I, and Arnie's my neighbor. Too. I whistle very good. You know, Willie Nelson always calls me to whistle. Let me call you sweetheart. That's a good I one. Really whistle it. You want to give a little whistle? You give us a little whistle, and let me call you a sweetheart. We're gonna put you on the spot. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. It's real whistling, yeah. I know, it's real. Really always... Nobody does it anymore. Without taking a drink of water, you got to wet your whistle, you know. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful. Dominic's Foundation Thank you. Joy Through Art. You can um, contribute to Joy Through Art by sending uh, a contribution to 1441 Broadway, Suite 3090, New York, New York, 10018. You can also find him on dominickianese.net. That's D-O-M-I-N-I-C-C-H-I-A-N-E-S-E dot net. And if you want to call him, I'm not, I'm not giving you your number because who knows, you can reach me here at the station and I'll give you his number. I don't want you to... Oh, be, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Dominic, we will. I, I love you and thank you so much for coming it's on fantastic. the show. It's fantastic. It's great meeting you this way. Look forward to seeing you out here in Montana visiting us soon. Ronnie, I'll try, try to come out, really. I'll make time. Scott, love I miss it. you, and I love you, too. All right. Take but care. Love, Take care. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wasn't that wonderful? He's fantastic. I mean, 85 going on 35. He's such a sweet man. And, oh, excuse me, I'm off mic. And uh, he's, he is who he says he is. He makes no bones about it. He said, hey, if I had gotten a better agent, I would have been da 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 da. But then we wouldn't be talking to, to him. him right now. Exactly. He may not even be, he may not have been in The Sopranos. So That's you don't true. know. 
That's true. One of the great characters of, of all time. One of, one of the nicest guys you could ever talk to. As you know, you know him for uh, you know last 18 years. He, Terrific guy. I can't wait for him to come here, and we'll uh, we'll send him up. We'll do a whole big country thing. The Put country meets the Bronx. He'll stay with us. We've got to get him a radio show. He'd be great. I, he has such great stories. He remembers everybody. And yes. everybody, he knows everybody. He knows everybody. And um, you guys have a, uh, a kindred spirit. You've already you've connected <laughs> yeah. even before you've met. Well, that was because of you. And no, 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 no. But that's just beautiful. But, but, uh, but uh, you know, a great guy. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm a big Sopranos fan. And, and uh, he, was, he was in my life for 86 weeks. I know. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. It's, it was so – that's – talk about must-see TV. That was the last of the must-see TV. You didn't want a DVR. You had to watch it right. at 8 o'clock. Was it 8 o'clock on uh, Sunday, Sunday night? night? Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen the series, there's some young young folks that work uh, that, that I work with and come in contact with. I almost require them to go and, and go online and watch, you know, episodes of it. And, and once they start, they don't stop because it's it becomes in your blood for the very reason he talked about didn't matter whether it was a crime family story. Right. The dynamics of all the characters were were human dynamics that anybody could relate to. So you couldn't have said it any better. That is a and that's a great way to end the show. And right. thank you, Dominic, for reaching uh, for being on the air with us. Remember, his foundation is Joy Through Art. It's about bringing music to nursing homes around the country, and the funding goes into paying the musicians to teach people how to. Uh, Especially in the later years of their life, had to enjoy themselves and express themselves through music. Joy Through Art, 1441 Broadway, New York, New York, 10018 or net. Email me if you want his phone number if you're serious about making a contribution. And uh, Arnie, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Scott. Thank you for listening to What Do You Know? I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done